Greetings, everyone. Greetings to those of you in the sanctuary, to those of you in your homes, to those of you listening on podcasts about what, however, however, however you're coming to worship today. God is happy. And we greet you in the precious and holy name of Jesus. Wherever and whoever you are. And as we begin our worship this morning, we invite you to our praise. We open the doors of, of the heavens. We open the doors of the heavens with our praise. Because when praises go up, blessings come down. And so our minister of music, Sister Hope Carr, will deliver us from all that we are dealing with today that isn't of God by giving praise and thanks. Accompanied by her husband, we now invite them to take us to a higher place.
worship you. We take it not lightly that you woke up us, woke us up this morning with the activity of our limbs and in our right minds and allowed us to be here today. We ask you to bless those that are at home watching. Let your spirit fill their place, Father. And let your spirit be here with us. Bless our pastor as she brings forth the word on today. And Father, just thank you for all that you've done for us. In Jesus' name. This is just a little love song to the Lord. It says, Lord, you were good. You've been so good. Lord, you are good. You've been better than good. I can't praise you enough. I owe you my life. Lord, you've been so good to me. How many contestants can, can agree with those lyrics? Lord, you've been so good. When it seemed like I was situation that I couldn't get out of. Lord, you've been so good. When I was sick in my body, Lord, you healed me. Lord, you've been so good. Lord, you've been so good to me.
Lord, in the midst of all that's going on in the world, let us say it as much as we can. God, you've been so good, so good to us. I invite you now to come with me to the New Testament Gospel of Matthew. Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7, verses 24 through 27. And let us stand out of respect for God's holy word. And listen now for the word of the Lord. Anyone who hears and obeys these teachings of mine is like a wise person who built a house on solid rock. Rain poured down, rivers flooded, and winds beat against that house. But it did not fall because it was built on solid rock. Anyone who hears my teachings and doesn't obey them is like a foolish person who, who built a house on sand. The rain poured down, the rivers flooded, and the winds blew and beat against that house. And finally, it fell with a crash. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Even if you're in a place where you're wearing a mask or if you're at home by yourself or if your family has gathered around the big screen television as many of you are doing today, praise God. Smile. Smile under that mask and be happy. Our sermon topic for today is a question. And the question for us is this. Sifting sand, where you stand in, beloved, where you stand, or solid rock. And won't you pray for me now? Lord God, as I stand before your children, as I stand before those who have not chosen to be your child yet, I pray an explosion of your provenient grace, your mercy on all of us today. And as I come, symbolically knee bowed, and body bent before thy throne of grace. Lord, I ask that you would allow the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, for you are my strength and you are my redeemer. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Sifting sand or solid rock. In this day and time, 
We need to be able to discern and to check ourselves and to know where we are. For at this day and time, there is no promise for any of us to even be here, not even on tomorrow. So we're going to check and see where we are in our spiritual walk with God. My dear ones, the scripture lesson that was read into our hearing today is about two builders, two builders who built two houses on two different types of foundation. And all of that results in different ways. And so in this parable, Jesus, Jesus teaches us that the foundation upon which we build the house of our lives is of utmost importance. I want to point some elements of this parable that they're going to show us today why the foundation of our lives matters more than anything else. So let's get to it. First of all, first of all, let's consider the comparisons. This short parable appears to speak of two very different types of people. The two people Jesus pictures here have several important characteristics in common. They have similarities, but we're gonna point out some things today. Both heard the word of God. <laughs> the two people in this parable both heard Jesus preach his message of faith and repentance. And so therefore both referenced in this parable knew the way of salvation. They had heard it. They both heard the gospel and each one had different reactions to what they heard. And then both built houses. Each of these people built a house based on their understanding. Now their understanding of what Jesus said. The house in this parable is a picture of our life. Of life. That is, each person built a, life, a house based on how they interpreted the message of Jesus. This means, this means now, we do this all the time. This is the reality. This means that both people believed the message. Just imagining them, imagine them sitting around uh, listening to the word preached. They, they, they both heard the message, but they both believed the message in different ways or just to a certain point. They each applied the words of Jesus to their lives as they saw fit. And then, both built in the same location. Verse 27 describes a very severe storm. This storm affected both houses, so they must have been built in those proximity to one another. They must have been close. And then, and then both built similar houses. What do we call them today? Track houses? Uh, because nothing is said about the house being different. So, so we're going to say they use similar materials and most likely a similar design from the outside. These two homes look 
familiar. They look similar. In fact, they are so similar uh, that we might have been able, not able to tell them apart. It puts me in mind of the church parsonage. The parsonage is just like the house next door. The only difference are the colors. They have the same shape, size, and the same floor plan. How do I know? How do I know? Because one time I was invited in the neighbor's house. Beloved, the picture set up in our lesson is of people and how they respond differently to the word of God. Differently, and just to make it clear. Now the gospel of Jesus Christ is not rocket science. The gospel of Jesus Christ is simple so that everybody will hear and understand. And here it is. The Bible puts it this way. So you will be saved if you can honestly say, simple, Jesus is Lord. And then you can believe with all your heart that God raised him from the dead. And then God will accept you and save you if you have truly believed this. And then you go out and what is and tell it to somebody else. Salvation is as simple as believing the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, of course, you'll notice that the Bible says in that verse and tell it to others. Ooh, we are so quiet about our salvation today. Tell it because, because salvation involves faith in the gospel, but it also involves repentance of sin and a willingness to yield to the lordship and the control of Jesus in our lives. And when that happens, when that really happens, when you say those words and something happens in your heart, your mind, and your spirit, believe me, you're going to tell it. Oh, like when you get a new dress, you just, they see it, but you got to talk about it anyway. When you get a new house, you happen to just have a party, invite everybody over. Hallelujah. Oh, you're going to tell it. You're going to tell it, you know why? Because it will help somebody else to be saved. And so it is the message that must be believed in order for a person to be saved. And we're saved from what? That's what people say today. You know, people who just, in the last 50 years, totally biblically illiterate. Um, saved from what? Can I just tell you what you're saved from when you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? You're saved from hell. Ooh, somebody ought to help me up in here. Saved from hell for eternity. How easy is it to do this and be saved from hell? Who wouldn't do it? You see, I don't understand in times like these why people are not running to join the church and confess their sin and be saved. I don't understand why people are not watching it on video, however they can get it today in their house, in their car, wherever they are, because these are troubled times. These are times when death is running rampant and you ought to be concerned about your soul. It just beats me, I don't know, it's, how, it's, like, it's like our insurance. You know, it's like taking out insurance. People say, I don't believe in hell. Well, that's all right, just in case. 
just in case. You know, your car ain't broke down, but you get the insurance just in case. You're not sick, but you have insurance just in case. Oh, we have insurance on our cars and our family and everything, but we don't take our insurance on our souls. On our souls. Don't let nobody tell you there is no hell. The devil is a liar. Oh, yes, there is. Don't let anybody tell you that God is full of grace without telling you God is also full of judgment. Oh, glory to God. We all need to do whatever it takes to be saved. Can I get an amen? And then secondly, secondly, just let us consider the contrast, the differences. So we looked at the similarities. Let us look at the differences. Because while there are several similarities, there are some very major differences between these two types of people. Those differences are just worth making note of today. And so note this, note this. The one person built their house on the sand. And it's interesting that in that day and time, Jesus would use stories and parables that people could relate to. And so, in the area of Palestine, it was sand on top of limestone. And so he's saying you can build your house on the sand, or you can build your house and go to some trouble by going all the way down to find the limestone. That means that one person built their house with little preparation. They found a spot for their house and they began to build it on the sand. However, sand is unstable, ever-changing, and moving. Sand offers no stability. Sand is not a good place to build a house. Sand can never make a firm foundation. In other words, in this context, building on the sand speaks to people who hear the gospel, but instead of believing the gospel and coming to faith in Jesus, they believe they can build their lives on the shifting sands of human philosophy. Other people's opinion. You know, you have to be very careful today. I'm shocked when I hear people who don't know nothing about the word of God, and some have been in church all their life, and then they want to tell me about Jesus. That's just your opinion. If you don't know the word, if it didn't come from the Bible, it ain't the truth. And some people think that they don't need Jesus because they just going to show him how holy they are. And so they build on religious achievements. You see, we want today, if you're on the sand, if you build your house on the sand, people today want to impress God. Is that ridiculous? God wants us to be impressed with him. We can't impress God. That's why we ought to know how to praise him, because we're so impressed with him. Hallelujah, hallelujah. They are driven by outward religious appearances and they have faith only in themselves. That's today. That's today. Have faith in themselves rather than faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, beloved people who build on the sand, they hear the gospel but they choose to believe that they can save themselves. 
person. What's, what's that mean? I ain't never done nothing wrong. I don't hurt nobody. I don't talk about nobody. I ain't never been in jail. I don't take no drugs. You trying to tell me that's something you need to do to go to heaven? We will never be able to save ourselves. We will never be good enough to go to heaven without Jesus. Jesus. You see, to some people, his word is open to interpretation. If he commands them to do something, they will obey if they choose to. Hallelujah. That's what's happened to the church. He said, go make disciples, and the church hadn't chosen to do that yet. If they don't like it, they won't do it. People that they pick the parts of the gospel to obey that suits them. We call that proof texting. What if your children did that? See, we forget that God's the father and we are the children. I don't care how old we are. Hallelujah, he's still a father. And so we can look at parenthood and get a lot of, of learnings about who Jesus and God the Father and Holy Spirit really are. What if your children treated you like you treat God? Oh, well, when you tell them to do something and they ask why, you know, children are so smart today, they go, why? Why? Don't run in the street, why? <laughs> That's why. And, and, and then, worse than that, they refuse to do it. I have never seen this. And they show that stuff on television. Kids telling their parents no, running, slamming the door. Oh, no, no, no. You know what? There were times when I said, as the mother, I said, you do it because I said it. Why? Because I said it. Jesus wants, you want to know why to God? Because God said it. Oh, God. Therefore, Jesus says, do it. Just do it. Because he said it. The truth may hurt. Yeah, I said it, but I call, I'm called to preach it anyway. Hallelujah. Just do it. And so listen, people, people who build the house of their lives on self-will and self-fulfillment and self-sufficiency and self-satisfaction and self-righteousness, oh my God, we're just obsessed with ourselves today, you know that. There, there is a work-based religion that has the appearance of being right, but it lacks the power to save the soul. What used to be mainline denominations are now sideline denominations. But I tell you, people could act like the denomination said they were supposed to act. I have people saying, say, that ain't Methodist. What are you talking about? That's not Presbyterian. What are you talking about? That's not Baptist. What are you? Oh, you acting like that? What are you talking about? What are you talking about? Paul the Apostle describes that kind of person like this, having a form of godliness. See, they think, well, you acting like a Baptist. What? What is that? You have a form. It's easy to act like whatever you want to act like. 
a form of godness, godliness, but they are denying the power thereof from these kind of people. And the Bible says, don't be around them. That's what it says, turn away. Ooh. Let me share this with you, and I think I'm going to have before. John Wesley, the founder of this denomination, said, he said, my deepest fear is that one day Methodism will be more form-driven than Holy Spirit-driven. Well, Brother Wesley, well, well, I'm just repeating John Wesley, hallelujah. Because in the beginning, Methodism started out under the anointing of the Holy Spirit. They would move and dance and shout. And there was a rumor going around saying, don't follow the Methodists and preach it. Oh my God, Black Harry, Harry Hoosier, who John Wesley would send to preach because he was such a great preacher. Oh, oh, John Wesley, I'm telling you, the people would say don't go around the Methodists because they got a disease called the jerks. <laughs> Hallelujah, what happened to our jerks? Oh, glory to God. themselves and everyone around them into thinking they are right with the law. A life built on the sand requires no commitment, no sacrifice, and no faith. People who build on the sand believe they can pray a prayer, sign a card, join a church, and all will be well. People who build on the sand can turn it on and off like flipping a switch. The, the, the pandemic comes, COVID-19, and people will flip it like a switch. Well, the church closed, so I ain't going, which means I ain't looking at it on the video. Church ain't like it used to be, so I ain't going. Flip it on, flip it off. They can be in today and out tomorrow and in again the next day. Sand bill. That's what we will call them. Sand builders ultimately have their faith in themselves. Ooh, ooh, excuse me. I just stepped on somebody's toe. You either in here or out there, because I'm talking to everybody. Oh, oh my beloved, my beloved. When God makes demands on a sand builder and calls for the sand middle to totally surrender to his will, not their will. They make all kinds of excuses. Oh, yes, they do. Even when the church doors closed down, I could have made excuses. Lord, I can't learn nothing about no video. I'm too old. Lord, I can't do this because I don't understand. All kind of excuses. In fact, sand builders think the church is supposed to take care of them. I'm telling the truth today. I am telling the truth. Take the church or take care of them. I can remember telling a church that I pastored for a long time. I'm saying, listen, one thing, I'm not God. And I wasn't sitting here to live your holiness. So don't expect more from me in the holy realm than you do for yourself. And so if you get sick, yeah, call me. But call me after 
you prayed. I'm not the miracle worker. I'm just the vehicle. Don't get upset. If you don't hear from me, get upset. If you don't hear from God, I'm telling you, it's not about us. It's all about him. Sandbills expect everything from the church, but they give little to the church. And the fact is, the people who give the least talk and complain the most. Hallelujah, glory up and give to God. Try to tell me how to be a pastor ain't spent one day in the seminar. The price I had to pay for being a pastor. And then lay people come up in here. Oh, good God, help us in here, Jesus. Help us, even if I can't. Y'all ought to act like I can. Help me up in here, somebody. And then maybe I will. Hallelujah. That's why I like you to call me pastor. It reminds me of who I'm supposed to be. And these kind of people, they never go out to make disciples because they, they love, I'm talking, I'm talking about just McCormick first. I'm talking about the whole Methodist denomination when I talk about little churches. We got, we got little churches and we close them all the time. Oh, nobody said anything. They've been falling apart for 50 years. Nobody has seen nothing because see, they owned the property. Oh God, and so now they say, we may be, we may be people short. But we money heavy. Oh, God, forgive them, for they know not what they say. Oh, they like being just around a few. You know, it's a time when especially black people would come to church to be somebody. That day is over and done. It was a sin we committed that we should never commit. It's a wonderful thing when people go to church and they so focus on the priest word and on the worship because they don't even know the people sitting around them. somebody needs to say that. They didn't even come to church to see anybody. They don't know nobody. They came to church to hear the word of God preached and the praise go up and so they go out filled with the Holy Ghost because they ain't been talking and listening to no gossip and other stuff from somebody who's the sand builder. That's all I got to say. Sand builders are shallow people. They don't know the word. They just been in the church all their life. Shallow, shallow people. Can't teach them nothing. Don't have a teachable spirit. They won't make a sacrifice. They only work the easy path. That's the path they walk that path. Sand builders love the heights, but they don't want to go to the depths. You see, people have no idea that what we're doing here and now is so much harder than what we were doing. It truly is. It may look easy because I practice <laughs> going to God and I pray. And I thank God that back in my life I was in television and didn't know why I needed to be. It was for today. It was for today. It's harder. You can't count on people when things are not the way it used to be. Because they sand bills. Yes, I 
our lesson teaches us that, that there are two kinds of people. One person built their house on the sand, and the one built on the on their house on the rock. Ha! Now the word rock refers to a large outcropping of rock, the bed rock. While one person built their house on the sand, the other person dug deep. They dug until they reached the bed rock and built their house on the rock. Because the rock doesn't move. It's unchanging and stable. God changes the way he presents the word. That might change like it's changing today. But God himself is the same yesterday, today, and forever. A rock is the same yesterday, today, and forever. A rock, cement, offers a good foundation for a house. And you see, dear ones, building on the rock speaks to people who hear the gospel and believe it to the point that they build their lives on the word of God. Glory to God. The rock in the, in the verses it is identified in this, in this lesson as these words of mine. The rock is the gospel of Jesus Christ. Jesus said, on this what? On this rock I will build my church. Don't be stealing this church by calling it church. I will build my church, Jesus says, and death itself will not have any power over it. Be safe and just call it God's church. Hallelujah. On this rock, Jesus said, I will build my church. In other words, the rock refers to the faith in the gospel of Jesus Christ. Rock builders understand that Jesus alone has the power to save their souls. Rock builders hear his word and they conform their lives to the word of God. They hear what the Bible says about Jesus. That he is the way, the truth, and the life. No person comes to the Father but by me. They hear that message and they receive it with all their hearts. They hear for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. You better get your interest. They hear, come unto me all ye. And that labor and a heavy laden. And I, not your children, your husband, your friends, your family, your clubs, I will give you rest. Hallelujah. Looking for people to give you rest. <sighs> this gospel message, it just strikes them like a bolt of lightning. Talking about the rock builders. It, it comes into their hearts with obvious clarity. They, they hear the truth about Jesus and they believe it. They embrace it. They yield to it. The gospel message changes their lives. I'm talking about people who build their lives on the rock. Ah, oh, who build their lives on the gospel of Jesus Christ. I grew up in the Methodist church and it wasn't a Bible church. That's why people leave me saying I have to go because I'm just not being fed. You know what people are looking for today? They're looking for a word because that's their feeding. They're looking for the word of God because they are hungry for a word that has life and power. 
And so what God tells rock builders to do in his word, they do. What God warns them not to do, they avoid. They pay any prize, walk any path, and do everything the Lord tells them to do. The house built on the rock is built for someone who realizes that God deserves the best. He deserves our excellence. Anything of God's has to be in top-notch shape. Help me up in here somebody. I was telling somebody the other day, there's a reason the black church does everything. It is the most. <laughs> I'm telling you, I know. That's why people are borrowing from the black church. Because the black church was started and kept on the Bible. The, the non-denominational black churches, all the white churches are taken from them because black people do know how to do church. Don't, don't be upset. You know, we don't like to get compliments because we, 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 oh Lord, we believe what other people say about us. But I'm going to tell you what I know about us. Oh, we had church and it had order. Help me up in here, order. Order. People gave their money. People build their buildings themselves with their money. The church looked better than their house because it was God's house. Hallelujah. The preacher looked better than the dope dealer because he was God's vessel. I'm telling you up in here, because you know what young people say today? I don't want to be no preacher. You ain't got nothing. <laughs> what kind of God do you serve who won't give you nothing? <laughs> and that's why when I've been in the poorest communities, I dressed the finest because I knew I was in competition with the devil and the dope dealer. <laughs> God can give me gold. God can give me a Cadillac. God can give me a mansion. God. Talking about God. People look at the preacher and say, I don't want the God you serve. Not the way you look. Not what you have. And so black people lifted those who represented the sacred to represent a God who will bless his people. Oh, hallelujah. Glory to God. And in the way, child of God, this is how the redeemed of the Lord know we are redeemed. That we look like it. Help me up in here. Help me up in here. Y'all know if you really want to go to a fashion show, you go to the black church at 11 o'clock. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Because the women in the black church had an Esther spirit. They, they put on their finest. To walk before the King of Kings ah, and the Lord of Lords. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I am not wearing no jeans to praise God. Help me up in here, somebody. The Bible told a preacher, put on the priestly garment. I had to tell a preacher one day, son, you got to go change your clothes. That is ridiculous. All these black women in here. Without a man, and here you come up in here. <laughs> With your muscle shirt and your don't change your clothes. Put the priestly garment on. Where you can't see the body. You just see the fine robe. Hallelujah, help me up in here. Somebody. The world has gone crazy. Bringing the streets to the pulpit. 
good God Almighty, so that people will feel like coming to church. Oh, no, I want you to know if you can go buy them tennis shoes that you just bought, you can go buy you some shoes before you walk into God's house. When I was in Compton, my kids found out how to dress. They dress. People in the church have them dress. Going to the prom, one child had three evening gowns from three different people. They come for classes in charm and personality because they were God's children. They didn't look like other children because they belonged to the Lord. And by the way, child of God, Remember that we are redeemed. Yeah. And so we can check ourselves by reviewing the words found in the gospel. When we obey God, this is what the gospel says, you can, when you can tell a real redeemed Christian, this is, what, this is what you look for. The word says, when we obey God, we are sure that we know him. So you can't know him and not obey him. But if we claim to know him, and don't obey him, here's the Bible saying, we are lying. And the truth ain't in our hearts. We truly love God only when we obey him as we should, and then we know that we belong to him. If we say we're his, we must follow the example of Jesus Christ. Check yourself today. Check yourself. What are you shifting saying? A solid rock. And so, dear ones, remember, as I close in our lesson, there were two people who construct very vastly different lives based on how they hear and respond to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Not a denomination that doesn't say that here. To the gospel of Jesus Christ. One house is built on a firm foundation of faith that the gospel is the Lord Jesus and the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. The other is built on the shifting sin of religion and works and self-righteousness. One of those houses describe the kind of life you are building right now. Are you, you, you either a believer in the gospel and in Jesus? Or you have a false religion and a false hope of salvation. Not just remind you that salvation comes only from knowing Jesus Christ as your Savior. He unlocks the gate at heaven. He is the key to get in to heaven. People, oh people, oh people, because I love you. I, I want to ask you this. I just want to ask you this. I just want to ask you. Because I love you. Today, today, end of January 2022, when thousands upon thousands of people have died from a pandemic and other diseases all over the world. I'm going to ask you, who or what is the foundation? These are testing times. Who or what are you building on? 
Are you building your life on a solid rock of the gospel? Or are you building your life on shifting sand? The opinion of other people. Well, the songwriter, the songwriter says it like this, like this. Ask the question. Where do I go? When there's nobody else to turn to. Oh, who do I talk to when nobody wants to listen? Who do I lean on? When there's no foundation stable, I go to the rock because I know God is, is able. I go to the rock. I go to the rock of my salvation. I go to the stone that the builders rejected. I run to the mountain and the mountain stands by me. When the earth all around me is sinking on Christ the solid rock I stand. When I need a shelter Yeah.
You can come to Jesus or you can recommit your life to Jesus and he will save you. He'll save you no matter who you are or where you are or what you've done or what you look like. Jesus will save you. He'll get you started building on the right foundation. Oh, yes, and beloved, I ask those of you watching all over the world, I ask that you, that you please don't ignore what some, who some call Mother Pascalette in my, in my senior years. Oh, glory, hallelujah. It's a blessing to get old. Glory to God. Ah. Somebody other day, who say you a young 78? No, I'm not. I'm a old. I'm still able to move and shout. Oh, good God Almighty. You better hope when you get my age you can do what I do because God will make you able to do it. I said today, one of our elders, Mother Martin, at 93 years of age, had the COVID virus. Mother is in church this morning. Tell me what God, God, she lives her life on a The weather is showing us what life's going to be like. Hallelujah. There's a storm coming. And your house is right in the path. But when that storm comes, the only houses that will stand are those houses built on the solid foundation of the word of God. It's insurance, so let me tell you, even if you leave young, you still need to be a member of the church. If, if, you, if you leave in your middle age, you still need to be a member of the church. If you get so sick they can't save you on earth, God will take you to heaven. Hallelujah, you will die knowing where you're going. That's the best insurance you can have, is to be saved. Your name on the road. join the church virtually and I will certainly get in touch with you. You go to P-A-C-O-I-M-A F-U First United M-C dot com See you thought I was going to forget because I'm old. I might have but God brought it back to my memory. Hallelujah! to be an example of what God will do for his own. One of my best friends on her dying bed didn't know me, her husband, or anybody. Said one word, I want to be like her. Before she took her last breath, she said, Jesus. <laughs> Jesus. And so, we invite you to give 
we invite you to join us, subscribe. But most of all, we invite you to get on board and build a strong foundation by joining church, by being saved, and by building on the solid rock of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And now as we close, we close asking the Lord to bless you in mighty ways, to heal you in miracle ways, change the worries and the strain and all the things you're going through and do wonders in your life. In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, let the church say, Amen. Amen.